there. They are actually free videos. I update them every week. They'll appear differently depending on whether you're on a mobile device or on your uh, mobile or on a traditional computer. If you're on an old school computer, you'll get more videos. Just make sure you enable the Adobe plugin. It's free, and the videos will automatically start playing for you. And um, if you're on any other device, including an old school computer, you can click on the blue charms that say mobile movie, and the videos will start playing for you that way. You can check out me and my friends, get a subscription, make a donation, or just check out the free stuff. All of the above are very much appreciated. Thank you. Uh, you can also check out the Naked Truth pages and the Living Water Chapel pages there and see what we do here on the Naked Truth. And in case the screen here doesn't give you an idea, that is we explore the spiritual side that I believe exists in all of us. And in me, I believe it's Christianity that leads me to the light of understanding it. Um, and as a Christian, I think if you're going to call yourself a Christian, you should let Christ get the last word on any given subject particularly if he took the time and shed blood to bring us that message as believers believe he did. So um, we're going to pick up where we left off and since it's Saturday night, Sunday morning, we're going to go with what we, since we finished the book of Revelation, we're going to pick up where we left off with um, some sort of apocryphal lost hidden uh, gospels and books that didn't get included into the Bible. And you can see here where we left off or where we're starting at. It's called Early Christian Writings if you want to search it and follow me. It's listed chronologically here uh, by the year believed to have been found. And as you can see, some books that made it into the Bible aren't even considered to be older than books that didn't. Um, so just something to consider when you consider with uh, law enforcement, when they take witness statements in any general situation, the closer to the event. Um, that the witnesses are that appear their statements is generally believed to be more um, reliable as a source than the further down the line the time that passes between the time of the event and the time that the witness actually gives the statement um, just something to consider so we started off at here the law of saints gospel Q and it was around 40 to 80 AD in the year of our Lord Anno Domino the current era however you want to call it however you want to pronounce it whatever you want to call it um it's believed that that's one of the oldest ones and we went over it and as you can see it mirrors um, a lot of the gospels particularly uh, mark here but all of actually all four of them as you can see here it's broken down with a, a sort of a, a reference to let you know where the different parts of this book align with the different gospels matthew mark and luke anyway um, so we went through and read some of that and it was kind of scattered. I apologize for that. I had not read over it first. I try to get make it more spontaneous by reading it with you as you know my first time reading it. But having said that, the one we're going to do today is one that I actually discovered a while ago. Um, I hadn't read it in a while and I certainly hadn't read all of it. So I figured it would be interesting and it sort of aligns also with the gospel so it be more fitting with what we do here. So before we go on, just from the Gospel Q, here's an example of one of the passages from it that, um, and you can read about why it's called Q, but you, you can see um, here a passage here that aligns with something we've learned about as far as the unforgivable sin here. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. So it's mirrored in the Gospels with Jesus saying the same thing, um, that um, 
that that's what's unforgivable. Of all the things you can do, that's what's unforgivable. Saying blasphemous things against the Holy Spirit. So basically giving us a pretty clear path to salvation since that's a pretty tough thing to um, commit. So anyway, we're going to pick up now. We're going to go with um, the Acts of Pilate. And I went with this one because it goes over details of the trial of Jesus um, before the crucifixion that are left out of the Bible that I think were very, very interesting as far as it bringing forward witnesses um, to the different miracles and events and words that he preached uh, coming forward along the way of the trial to try and save him or at least speak up for him even though he still ended up being crucified. So just to give us, um, we're going to pick up and read and since Saturday night we'll just do like about a half an hour reading um, of this one and if it's good we'll pick up where we left off next time God willing. So um, just to start out just you see here I'll read this real quick it's sort of a forward to what this gospel is about. Um, Pontius Pilate, as you know from the Gospels, is sort of the governor of the region when Jesus was crucified. And this is sort of the greeting that he wrote. As you can see, it says here it's found in the Greek Acts of Peter and Paul as an appendix. Um, so it's not just here where it's found. So Pontius Pilate under Claudius' greetings, uh, greeting, they were full of later matter which I myself brought to light or made trial of, for the Jews through envy have punish themselves and their posterity with fearful judgments of their own fault for whereas their fathers had promises had announced unto them that their God would send them out of heaven his holy one who would, should of right be called their king and did promise that he would send him upon earth by a virgin he then or this God of the Hebrews then came when I and so he's just saying Jesus came when I was governor of Judea and they beheld him enlightening the blind so they witnessed Jesus performing these miracles enlightening the eyes of the blind cleansing lepers healing the uh, palsy that's people who can't move like paralyzed driving driving oh, I heard something driving devils out of men raising the dead rebuking the winds walking upon the waves of the sea dry shot that's when he walked on the water and doing many other wonders and all the people of the jews calling him the son of god the priest therefore moved with envy against him took him and delivered him unto me and brought him unto one brought him brought against him one false accusation after another saying that he himself was a sorcerer and did things contrary to the law so this is basically the governor giving them an account of what happened leading up to when Jesus was crucified saying that these same people who witnessed the different miracles that Jesus did are the same ones who delivered him up uh, for the trial and the crucifixion even though they witnessed the miracles um, that would be the religious leaders but I believe that these things were so having believing these things were so so he believed they were true having scourged him he beat him with the whip delivered him unto their will and they crucified him and when he was buried they set guards upon him but while many soldiers watched him he rose again on the third day yet so much was the malice of the Jews kindled that they gave money to the soldiers saying say ye that his disciples stole him away his body but they 
though they took the money, were not able to keep silence concerning that which had come to pass. For they also had testified that they saw him arisen, and that they received money from the Jews. And these things have I reported unto thy unto thy uh, mightiness for this cause, lest some other should be should lie unto thee, um, lest any lie otherwise, and though and through and though wait and though and though shouldest deem right to believe the false tales of the Jews. So he's saying here, so that you're not deceived by any lies that may be circulating, he's letting him know. He witnessed these things. The soldiers came forward and let him know. They took the money saying to say that the, his uh, disciples stole away the body by night and that to deny the crucifixion. So you have here the governor of the trial admitting that he knows uh, shenanigans took place. So that's sort of the forward of this gospel. Um, the next section here, let's see, sort of gets into, and it's sort of in, uh, maybe in like old English type translation, so please bear with me. Uh, let's see. Uh, we have as yet uh, so true, no true critical edition of this book, one in preparation that, to be included in the Berlin. Okay, so this is letting us know about this particular book that, um, Let's see it's letting us know here the different manuscripts that were found and sort of comparing them I guess to make sure it's come close to one um, truthful story like if you interview several di different witnesses to, it seems to ascertain what the actual story of the truth is so let's see where we begin here with this prologue um, Ananias, so that's Annas listed in the Bible, um, Emmaus, Latin in the Latin. The pro, uh, protector of the Praetorian rank learned in the law did from the, oh, so he's a lawyer, did from the divine scriptures recognize our Lord Jesus Christ and came near to him by faith and was accounted worthy of holy baptism. So he's letting him know he also approached Jesus and was baptized. And I sought out the memorials that were made at that season in the time of our master, Jesus Christ, which the Jews deposited with Pontius Pilate and found the memorials in Hebrew letters. And by the good pleasure of God, I translated them into Greek letters for the informing of all of them of all of them that call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ in the reign of our Lord Flavius Theodosius in the 17th year and Flavius Valentinius the sixth in the ninth indication basically letting us know who was in power at those times if you want to look up historically who those rulers were and shows you here 425 AD was about the time uh, when Valentinia was proclaimed Augustus so that's when he was ruling around 425 AD is what it's saying um, let's see here move down okay so now we have the actual letters because he's like he said he's translated from uh, Hebrew to Greek so that it can be passed down and understood for the chief priests and scribes assembled in council even Annas and Caiaphas and Somne Simez and Dothaim, that's Dothiel, Dathias, or Datam, and Gamaliel, Judas, Levi, and Nethalem, 
Alexander and Jairus and the rest of the Jews and came unto Pilate accusing Jesus for many deeds saying we know this man that he is the son of Joseph the carpenter begotten of Mary and he saith that he is the son of God and a king moreover he doth pollute the Sabbath and he would destroy the law of our fathers so this is the accusation the religious people are bringing against them that he's polluting their law about the Sabbath the day of rest and that he's proclaimed himself to be the son of God which if you read through the Gospels he never actually goes around saying hey I'm the son of God believe in me he never really actually does that it's but people recognize him as that and um you know label him as that so that's what ends up being his accusation even at the crucifixion um so this is the religious leaders basically naming them off and if you rec you might recognize some of the names there like uh Jairus if you remember there was a ruler of the synagogue who ended up getting a miracle from Jesus uh whose name was Jairus but it could just be a common name so it's listed off the people who are sort of lined up saying this man is wrong for these things and we're the witnesses against it Pilate saith and what things are they that he do doeth and what and would destroy the law so he's saying what is it that he's done that's an offense to your law um you know the sabbath no work on the rest day the jews say we have a law that we should not heal any man on the sabbath this man of his evil deeds hath healed the lame and the bent the withered and the blind and the paralytic the dumb and them that were possessed on the sabbath day you see so they're upset they're not denying that he actually did these miracles even the exorcisms and things they're not denying any of it they're confessing yeah he did all these things the problem is he did them on what's considered their day of rest excuse me that'd be their sabbath their holy day what we call Sunday, some churches call Saturday, other religious places call Wednesday, whatever day of the week it is, it's, it, uh, it's illegal in their church, basically, to do any sort of work at all, but in particular, even healing. So if you apply that to nowadays, it'd be illegal for you to be an EMT, a surgeon, a doctor, anyone treating anybody for anything that they need for their health, their vision, their dental, anything, it'd be wrong to do any of that on the day of rest because the law tells you not to do any work including doing something good for someone and Jesus obviously rebuked that as nonsense because like he said in our recent reading if your pet falls into a ditch no matter what day it is you're gonna reach in and help your pet and dig them out so the same thing should apply at the very least for humans who are in need if you see them in need it's right to do good to other people any day of the week <clears throat> excuse me Pilate saith unto them, by what evil deeds? So he's saying, so yeah, you're accusing him of all this stuff of doing the things on your um, Sabbath day, the day of rest, these healing people with withered hands and the lame and the blind and people who had demons and the paralyzed. He's saying, what evil deeds though? What evil deeds is it that you want to kill him for? Not what deeds, what evil deeds? What is it that he's done wrong? They say unto him, he's a sorcerer and by bills above, the prince of the devils, he casteth out devils and they are all subject unto him so they're going back to that story where they're saying that the only way only way jesus is able to perform these miracles and exorcisms and cast out demons is because he's in league with the demons and that that's how he's able to control them and you know jesus has already responded to that and made it clear that that makes no sense why would the devil spend time 
um, bothering with casting out other devils instead of tormenting people if that's what his whole big role in the big picture of things is meant to be. It doesn't make sense. So it would only make sense if by some greater power Jesus was able to perform these miracles not by the devils as the religious people uh, continually accused him of. Um, Pilate said unto them, this is not this is not to cast out devils by an unclean spirit, but by the god Asclepius. So, sounds like one of their gods. Let's search and see who it was. Because I do know a little Greco-Roman mythology, and that's not one I recognize. So, let's see. Oh, sorry. Let's see. And of course, in case you don't know, if you don't know how to, what something means, just put it there and find it. Okay, it's pronounced as Ascipius. And it's a Greek or Latin Asclepia. You can see. Or Hippias is a hero and god of medicine in ancient Greek religion and mythology. He's the son of Apollo and Coronis or Arsinoe. Or of Apollo alone. So he has very lineage and he's one of the gods of medicine apparently. So um, they're saying that it's by devils, it's by demons, and it's by this Roman Asclepius who he's able to cast out these demons, not by the power of God. At least that's how um, the Roman emperor is thinking it. He's like, well, then if, if it's not by devils, it must be by God Almighty or who he thinks is God, this Asclepius. Asclepius, the god of medicine. The Jews said unto Pilate, We beseech thy majesty that he appear before thy judgment seat and be heard. And Pilate called him unto him and said, Tell me now, tell me, how can I that, wait, tell me, how can I that am a governor examine a king? They said unto him, We say not that he's a king, but he saith it. Of himself. So what he's saying here is, how can I, as being a governor, actually examine a king? The he outranks him is what he's saying, and they're saying we're not saying that he's their king. He's saying he's their our, our king. So they're still denying him even to that point, even though he's fulfilled now, even by their own witness, the different things that the Messiah that they were supposed to be looking forward to coming, he's done them, and they've witnessed it, and they've even said it now to the one over the trial. But it's still not enough to make them have a change of heart. Um, okay, so they're still saying, oh, he's saying that, we're not saying that. And Pilate called the messenger, Cursor, and said unto him, Let Jesus be brought hither, but with gentleness. So he's saying, be easy and bring him in, because he's already scourged him, you know, beaten him with whip and humiliated him, ripped his clothes off of him and slapped him, spit on him. All the the guards have done these things to him already. Presumably so he be gentle with him. And a messenger went forth and when he perceived Jesus and when he perceived Jesus, he worshipped him and took the kerchief that was on his hand and spread it upon the earth and said unto him, Lord, walk here on and enter in for the governor calleth thee and when the Jews saw what the messenger had done, they cried out against Pilate, saying, So just so you see what's happened here, the messenger who was sent to go get Jesus, basically, his the guard sent to go get Jesus from where he's being held, he recognizes Jesus' divinity and the fact that he also...
thanks him. So in an act of humility, he takes off the handkerchief that's on his own hand and lays it down on the ground for Jesus to walk over, sort of the way like old-fashioned gentlemen would do if a woman were walking in a puddle of water or something undesirable or in the path. He'd take off his jacket for her to walk over it. Those kind of chivalrous things are dead now. People don't really do very much anymore. But this is what they're doing to show that this is what this guard has done to show his honor of Jesus and recognizing Jesus' divinity uh, when he goes to get him. But the religious people find fault, find fault with that. They don't like the fact that he's uh, showing honor to Jesus, their prisoner, who they are hoping to kill. Um, so they're saying, Pilate's saying, Where, uh, wherefore didst thou not summon him by an herald to enter in? So they're saying, why didn't you just send an herald? Just go send the word to have him come in. Don't go send a special envoy or guard to go bring him in gently, but by a messenger. For the messenger, when he saw him, worshipped him, and spread out his, king, his kerchief un, upon the ground, and hath made him walk upon it like a king. So they're ticked off that even the messenger is um, showing honor to Jesus and not disrespecting him, and even taking off his own, think of a handkerchief, he's taking it off with his, his own apparel to just so that Jesus can walk gently to where it is they're leading him, probably in an of knowing they're wrong and what they're doing uh, Jesus had done no wrong even by their own witnesses he'd only done good deeds nothing evil worthy of death so maybe that's why the guard doesn't mind or is doesn't mind showing that he recognizes that uh, Jesus' stature um, compares to their own our own excuse me Then Pilate called for the messenger and said unto him, Wherefore hast thou done this? So he's asking him, Why did you do that? Why did you spread out the kerchief? And has spread that kerchief upon the ground and made Jesus to walk upon it. So he says, Why did you do that? The messenger saith unto him, Lord Governor, when thou sentest me to Jerusalem unto Alexander, I saw Jesus sitting upon an ass, and the children of the Hebrews held branches in their hands and cried out. And others spread their garments beneath him, saying, Save now. That's when you say, when they say Hosanna, that's what that translates to, save now. Thou that art in the highest, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. So he's talking about when um, Alexander, apparently is this Roman soldier's name, when he was sent there, he arrived to Jerusalem at the same time when they were having what's called the triumphal entry, or... Um, what Christians or what churches celebrate as um, Palm Sunday. Basically, when Jesus is being led before the crucifixion, being led through Jerusalem, people taking palm branches and sort of laying them down in the path to welcome him and shouting out praises to him. And churches do that nowadays. Like, you'll see people walking around with palm leaves, and you might wonder why. That's why it's sort of in recognition of that. Um... So he's saying he was there at that time when that happened, and he's telling uh, the governor, he's like, look, you sent me there at that time, and when I was there, I saw all these things, things happening, and I saw them, how they received him and welcomed him as um, a king. Um, the Jews cried out and said unto the messenger, the children of the Hebrews cried out in Hebrew, how then hast thou 
it in Greek. So now the religious people are upset. They're mad because he could understand what they were saying. He, there's not denying that the Jewish crowds shouted out Hosanna or save now when Jesus was entering Jerusalem and holding out the palm trees and all that stuff, welcoming him. They're not denying that all of that happened. They witnessed it too. But what they're saying, the what their issue with it all is it, it seems crazy, but they're saying, how is it you even understand what we were saying since you're not one of us? You don't speak our language. How is it you know what we said? So, because um, he's Roman, they're Hebrew. Um, so, let's see how he answers them. The messenger saith um, to them, I did ask one of the Jews and said. <laughs> so the messenger's like, well, they asked him, how do you know what they were saying since you don't speak our language? So he's saying, I asked someone what they said. Um, and what is, they, what is it that they out in Hebrew and he interpreted it unto me so it's a simple story he's like I understood that they were shouting out save now because I asked somebody and they told me the governor saith unto oh um, Pilate saith unto them and how cried they in Hebrew so he's saying what is it they said the Jews say unto him Hosanna uh, Membrome Barukama Adonai so I don't know if I'm pretty sure I mangled but I know Adonai is God. Hosanna is saved now. So they said, save now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So let's see how he interprets it. Pilate saith unto them, and the Hosanna and the rest, how is it interpreted? The Jews say unto him, save now, thou that art in the highest. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Pilate saith unto them, if you yourselves be witness of the works which were said of the children, Wherein hath the messenger sinned? And they held their peace. So he's saying, well, if you yourself know he did these things, like the miracles, the healings, the exorcisms, and you know that this is the reason that they're crying out, save now and looking for these miracles from him, recognizing that he's the Messiah they were to be looking for. He's like, then what's the problem? What's the sin? Where is it that even the messenger is wrong and what he said in the interpretation? And of course, the religious people held their peace. They said nothing in return. The governor saith unto the messenger, Go forth and bring him in after what manner thou wilt. So he's saying, Bring him in here however you feel like it. You know, don't have to be gentle anymore. So, like what the president said, when you're arresting people, you don't have to be gentle with their heads. And people cheered. It's the same thing, nothing new. He's saying, Go bring him in here. And any way you want to bring him in. And the messenger went forth and did after the former manner and said unto Jesus, Lord, enter in. The governor calleth thee. So, rather than being rough with them, or, you know, abusive to him like they were before. This same messenger chose to do the same thing he did before with the kerchief and spread it out and let Jesus walk over it, honoring him. So, uh, let's see. Then, saith Pilate. Wait, did I miss one? Oh, um. Here. Okay, now when Jesus entered in and the ensigns were holding the standard, so it's the guards holding their uh, flags, basically. The images, that's the bus, sort of like the statues, like uh, you think of Venus with the arms missing or whatnot. Uh, of the standards bowed and did reverence to Jesus. So when Jesus came in, they bowed, sort of like holding the flags at half staff, recognizing, honoring him. And when the Jews saw the, the carriage of the standards, how they bowed themselves and did reverence unto Jesus, they cried out above measure again, 
the inside. So now the religious people are ticked off at the insides, the people holding the standard, holding the flags, because they bowed them when Jesus walked by. But Pilate said unto the Jews, Marvel ye not that the images bowed themselves. Okay, these aren't people holding the insides. These are the insides bowing on their own. So obviously a miraculous event it's it'd be like if there were a bunch of signs like in the united nations a bunch of flags hanging and then someone a dignitary walked through and instead of the soldiers each bowing the flag as the the dignitary walked through it'd be as if the flags bowed themselves honoring the dignitary walking through so obviously a miraculous event and it's happened now and even the the uh, roman governor is like no marvel at it don't wonder about it. It's it's it, it is it's an amazing thing, um, how they bow themselves and their reverence unto Jesus. They cried out above measure against the insides. So Pilate said unto the Jews, "Marvel ye not that the images bow themselves?" So letting you notice the images, it's um, the signs. It's not people, um, and did reverence unto Jesus. The Jews said unto Pilate, "We saw how the insides made them to bow, and did reverence to him." And the governor called for the ensigns and said, and saith unto them, okay, so they said, we saw the soldiers bend the flags or lower the flags. So they're like, we know they did it. It's not like the flags did it themselves. So the governor called the guards, the soldiers, the people carrying the standards, the flags, to question them. Wherefore did ye so? So he's asking them, why did you do that? Just like he asked the other ones, why did you lay out the kerchief so Jesus to walk by? And it was to honor him. He's asking them, Why'd you lower the flags for when Jesus came out? They said unto Pilate, We are Greeks and servers of temples. And how could we do him reverence? So they're letting him know, We don't follow that religion. We're Greek and we serve in temples. We're not in these synagogues. We're in temples. And like, we don't recognize any of this stuff. So they're like, So, um, for indeed, whilst we held the images, they bowed of themselves and did reverence unto him. So the, even the guards are letting him know, we didn't lower the signs, we didn't lower the flags, we didn't hang them at half-mast when he walked by, they did it themselves. So it lets you know that even though you may not necessarily believe, it still doesn't make it not true. Just like the coronavirus, just because you may think it's a hoax, it doesn't make it not real. So just because you may not have faith in what uh, in Jesus' divinity, it doesn't make it not so. And it's still going to be so whether you deny it or not. Excuse me. And I think that's the sign of what the flags were trying to say. It's like you can put him on his trial. You can crucify him. You can accuse him of whatever you want. But even the inanimate objects are able to recognize his divinity and bow themselves in homage. Excuse me. So it's quite a miracle and it's in front of people who don't believe um so they're letting them know we're greeks that's not our thing the sign the flags did it themselves then saith Pilate unto the rulers of the synagogue and elders of the people choose you out able and strong men and let them hold standards and let us see if they bow of themselves so he's saying now here well if you think the guards are guards did it on their own just to be sassy why don't you get your strongest men get them to hold the flags and they'll hold the standards and we'll see if the if it's true that the signs bend themselves bow on their own and the elders of the jews took 12 men strong and able and made them hold the standards by sixes so they're broken off holding the standards six men to a standard to hold it up and they were set before the judgment seat 
of the governor. And Pilate said to the messenger, take him out of the judgment hall, praetorium, and bring him in again, and after what manner, bring him in again, after what manner thou wilt. So again, he's telling him, bring him in again, however you feel like it, whether it's to honor him again by laying out your kerchief and letting him walk over it, or just roughing him up and grabbing him and pulling him in, however you see fit, bring him in, the exact same thing, just like a scientific experiment, if it were to be true, it has to be replicable. You have to be able to do it again and again and again and get the same result. That's how it goes from theory into fact, basically. So he's saying, well, if it's true that the flags bow themselves, the ensign, the standards, that's what they're calling them. If it's true that they've been, they bow themselves without human intervention, then it should be true that they're going to do it again, no matter who's holding the flag. So he's telling them, get your own in, get your own religious temple guards, and you hold the flags. And um, we're going to bring him out again and see what happens this time. Um, sort of like a test to see if Jesus is real or his authority is real. To see if the soldiers are putting on a show by lowering the flags. And to see if maybe somebody might have to die for throwing off this whole trial or, you know, creating a scene. Um, so now he's called for Jesus again. Um, and bring him in again, and after what manner thou wilt. And Jesus went out of the judgment hall, he and the messenger and Pilate called unto him them that before held the image and said unto them. So he's called Jesus back again. He's called the people who held the images, that be the flags or whatever, before. And so that they can be there again in case they were lying before to make them see and witness to see if it does it again. Um, I have sworn by the safety of Caesar that if the standards bow not when Jesus entereth in, I will cut off your heads. So this should remind you of Alice in Wonderland when she goes off with their heads. It's the same thing when the queen, the ruler, the ruling party, the 1% get ticked off. They have the power to take off your head. And so he's letting him know here if those flags don't bow again on their own like you claim that they did when he came out the first time he's like then no for sure i'm gonna cut your head off because that means you were pulling a stunt but it, so it's a way of testing everyone involved it's the soldiers the religious folks and jesus by holding out the flags again and seeing what happens when jesus comes out this time and the governor commanded jesus to enter into in the second time and the messenger did after the former manner and besought jesus much that he walk upon his kerchief. So once again, the messengers laid off, laid out his handkerchief, let Jesus walk over it in honoring him, just like he did before, sort of repeating the same process to see if the same thing will happen again, like a scientific experiment. And he walked upon it and entered in. So just like before, Jesus walked over their handkerchief and entered into where they were holding this trial. And when he entered, and when he had entered, the standards bowed themselves again and did reverence unto Jesus. So once again, even though they repeated the whole experiment to see if it would hold water this time, or if maybe the first set of guards were just pulling a fast one, they did the exact same process again, had Jesus come in again the same way he did again, and only different strong guys holding the standard this time to see if they would bow themselves. And for sure, once again, the standards, the flags, bowed themselves again in homage to Jesus. So even again, inanimate objects are recognizing his divinity, even though humans who are sentient deny it. So actually, we're going to end this reading here. It was half an hour, and we got through part one. Hopefully, uh, it was a blessing for you, and God willing, you'll join me again. 
next Saturday night after midnight, early Sunday morning. We'll pick up where we left off here. And then we have our Matt and Mark Mondays where we go over those Gospels. And we have uh, Jean-Luc Wednesdays where we go over those Gospels. In the meantime, um, wash your hands, wear your mask, love your neighbor. And thanks again. God bless you. Peace.